The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Meeting Malcolmus, a pavement podcast. Hey, it's JD here, back for another week of flipping the channels on the television that is the catalog of seminal indie rock band Pavement. Is it UHF? Was that the one with the round antenna? Was it Channel 29 of Buffalo I used to uh, watch all the time? You're goddamn right it was. You're goddamn right it was. They had better cartoons and better serial commercials than I could have ever dreamed for. So there's that. My name is JD. I am uncool and underqualified to be doing what I'm doing, but here I am with the remote control in my hand. And, uh, you know, our time is is coming up on our mission. And that mission has been to explore the catalog. Now, this is where I have a bone to pick. You know, uh, I have a bone to pick with the conundrum lads. And uh, here, here it is. You know, uh, every episode I say, Seminole Indie Rock Band Pavement. And every episode they say, prominent indie rock band pavement is it seminal or is it prominent see to my ears uh to my historical accountment uh pavement is seminal they were there at the at the beginning you know um they are indie rock seamen (laughs) and you know they uh attached to an ovum and well i don't need to get into the rest but you you follow a prominent a prominent band is one that is really well known and you know you guys probably approach this from a different angle uh, you know being in the UK where like I'll argue pavement seems much more popular in the UK than certainly Canada um, not that they had trouble selling out two shows here um, but uh, you know, more so than in the U.S., I think. I think there's pockets, you know, in New York, California in particular, um, that, uh, you know, really got on board. But, um, yeah, that's my bone. That's my bone that I'm picking with you folks. Uh, like, my argument would be they should be more prominent. They should have been more prominent, you know. So that's that's my bone to pick. Uh, if, you, if you want to... Um, if you want to switch it up and start saying seminal, I'd be all for it. I'd be all for that. So there's that. Uh, I'm a, you know, I've taken more drugs than I normally take. Um, I took my uh, after work little father's little helper and 
But I got some news today and my grandmother died. So I just needed to explore a little bit more in my head and like eke out some of those memories um, that, uh, that, you know, have fallen to the wayside or have cobwebs on them. And what a shame that is that you can get cobwebs inside your fucking head. Because you can. Because I'm telling you, I am dozy as all get out. And I just don't know uh, what that's all about. So, <laughs> so there's that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm bummed. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty bummed. And uh, she had a hell of a run. She was 96. 96 years old. So, you know, it's, um, it's not a matter of, you know, she, she lost a lot of prime years or anything like that. She had a hell of a run. Man, like I honestly thought I was going to die before she did. Uh, you know, just seeing her. She still lived alone. She still lived in an apartment. Uh, I mean, she stopped driving three years ago. Like, she's one of those, like, who's just, you know, like a superstar until the end, you know? So, yeah, pour one out for uh, Grandma Do when you get the chance. <laughs> So on January 11th, Spiral told us that Pavement would be making some announcements and their um, socials have been, you know, leaving breadcrumb trails all week long. And uh, it's been excruciating to sort of follow along and go like, fuck, we know what this is, but we just all want to know what this is. By the next time I speak with you, we'll know what it is if, if uh, the prophecy of spiral uh, is was foretold and um that should be exciting uh i'm really looking forward to it this might even mean that i gotta get a record player that's what this might mean and you could tell how fucking uncool and underqualified i am because it just called it a record player and not a turntable like a cool dude would say <laughs> a cool person would be like uh you know this uh this, uh, I don't know, <laughs> this, this wax disc player or something like that. I don't know. I'm pretty high right now. I'm not going to lie to you. So it's tough to stay on, on course. And that's not fair because, you know, you got to stay on course. You got to stay on course. That's, that's the facts. So, um, January 11th, we should find out about... Terror Twilight. Okay, here's... I'm gonna... Now, I was not told anything. I was not told anything. Here is my dream for tomorrow. Okay? Uh, tomorrow will be January 11th. So I'm recording this on the on the 10th right now. Uh, and this is when it'll come out on the 10th as well. Um, my Here's my dream. Vinyl reissues of the first four reissues... And the new Terror Twilight Farewell Horizon in a box. Boom. All five in a box set. Uh, so that's wish number one. Wish number two is on Farewell Horizon edition of Terror Twilight. I would want... Um, I would want the Godrich sequence. I would want a separate disc with the Godrich sequence on it. So uh, that would be something I would want. 
Um, I would want, uh, of course, you know, remastered of the originals. I would want a live show from... Here's what I think. I mean, because even in 99, Pavement was bootlegged quite a bit. Maybe it would be cool to get a live show from 2010. Uh, because not a lot of that stuff is floating, you know, it's, well... Yeah, I mean, you can get it, and it's easy to get. So maybe maybe that wouldn't be the coolest thing. Maybe, do we get... Uh, do we get... Um, Oh my god. Do we get the Matador 10th anniversary live set? Ooh, that would be interesting. Fuck. Yeah, that would be cool. So, those are a couple of my wishes. Um, of course, any any other uh, B-sides that happen to be out there, but I mean, I guess they're not technically B-sides if they weren't released. So, so there's nothing of that ilk. Uh, I suspect we get a couple demos. Um, some of these songs would have been like a song like Carrot Rope, think. Uh, like, what does that sound like when, when Steve brings it in? You know? Um, that would be really fascinating to hear. And uh, what else? Um, hmm. Demos? Any Anything spiral that didn't come out at that time that didn't make it to that demo disc that would be something I would want to get my hands on because Spiral was firing on all cylinders you know you think of Bright in the Corners uh, and Painted Soldiers comes out around the same time um, and then we heard those two uh, those two demos on the on the Major Leagues EP I believe uh and they were both cracking. So I don't know, man. Uh, Scott was Scott was uh, Scott was bringing it um, at that time. So yeah, I would want that too. So fuck, I'm very excited, and I don't have money right now to shell out to buy anything. Um, but I'm gonna want to buy something tomorrow. Whether I have a, I mean, I don't have a CD player either. You know, as far as that goes, I don't know. Does the PS5 play CDs? Uh, maybe it does. And if, if that's the case, then uh, then I guess I have a CD player, which would be, oh, that would be bad. That would be bad. Okay, so there's that. Today we are going to get into the second to last song on Terror Twilight. But first, in your heart. The Hex. This is from a live performance in 99. Where is it located? Um, oh, JD. Live on Reverb. Sorry. So it was on Reverb, which is the HBO show. Uh, so this is The Hex. Live on Reverb from 99 on Medium Alchemist, a pavement podcast. Going back to uh, Terror Twilight again. Very important album. Perhaps the centerpiece of the album doesn't come till song 10, and it's called The Hex. So, one, two, three, four. Canvas, Rano, Swallow, Answer to your inner voice. 
Hold up for a minute. I've got to pick my jaw up off the fucking floor. My face melted off listening to that song performed live. Wow. I know it was, uh, you know, pretty faithful to the original, but it was unleashed and raw at the same time. You know, the Godrich aesthetic being so lush and, you know, full sounding. And then to strip that down to, you know, the five members of Pavement on a stage. Uh, I don't know, man. I fucking dug it. There's something so menacing about that guitar line. And we'll we'll get into the lyrics after we listen to the studio version. But let's just talk about the music right now. Because there's something so menacing, you know, about the way it, it rolls. Uh, you know, through the through the intro and the and the first verse and the you know the pre-chorus. Um you know, it's it's uh, it's menacing, like I say. It's you know, there's minor chords. Um, it's uh, dark and foreboding, and I don't know. It, it sort of was creeping me out a little bit. Now I'm in a different place, but still, like it was like wow. And then coupled with the melody, and then coupled with the lyrics, which again we'll get into. Um, you know, just so. Great. And then the build-up to the chorus is, you know, just euphoric. I love the dynamic, the loud, quiet dynamic. Even though it's not traditional loud, quiet, like we heard, uh, you know, earlier in that decade, uh, there's still a really fucking great dynamic that you can see. You can almost visualize there being a pedal uh, labeled um, fucking cool. And, you know... <laughs> Steve just kicks that battle and rolls into fucking cool, you know, and that's the chorus. But the whole shabam, the whole package of what that chorus is, is elevated. It's heightened. It's soaring. It's it's just really terrific. And uh, God damn, you know, I can't thank the band enough for making this song. And um then you get to that wonderful solo. And, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, Keith Richards, um, you know, 1968 era solo, but it's, uh, it's fucking dynamite. I, I, I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss for words. You know, it's, it's really just a terrific song. And you heard off the top too, SM say, um, you know, this is a, an important record. And he says it with this sort of smugness that it's just incredible. You know, it's like here they are out touring on this record and, um, you know, for him to sort of be dismissive uh, like that. Um, on the other hand, maybe he was being sincere. Maybe he was being completely sincere. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, again, we would need Mark Edwards to probably investigate that more thoroughly than I'm prepared to do at this point as a podcast journalist. So 
Uh, I'll tell you, um, that's how I feel about this song. I think it's, uh, it's, it's terrific. And if you have a, a real nice pair of headphones, put them on right now. Let's listen to the studio version. This is The Hacks on Meeting Malcolmus. A pavement podcast. Capistrano, swallow, answer to your inner voice and please return. God installed that radar in your pointy little beak so you'd return.
Yeah. Yeah, I could get lost in that. I could get lost in that, uh, in the space of that solo and outro. Um, really, really mystifying. And um, I, can't, I, I can't stress enough how perfect that solo is for that song. It's, uh, it's just great. And then right into that outro where you, you know, sort of throw back to the verse and, um, you know, this, again, this sort of, this, uh, oh, I don't know, cruelty-free leather jacket looking fucking cool as all hell, you know? I don't know. I can tell you this. The lyrics to this song are terrific. They are spectacular, in fact. Uh, right from the beginning, uh, you know, right as soon as the song kicks in, we hear of this strange creature, the, the Capistrano Swallow. The Capistrano Swallow. So I had to, like, you know, um, Google that and, and just see if that came up, if that was a, a specific breed of swallow, or uh, I wasn't familiar with the story. Now, if this is really common, then you're more than welcome to, um, you know, only buy me a half pint of beer when we, when we meet. Uh, but... Um, I didn't think this was common and I thought it was would be cool to share. So there is the miracle of the Swallows of Capistrano. It takes place each year at the Mission San Juan Capistrano on March 19th, St. Joseph's Day. All the little birds wing their way back to the most famous mission in California. The village of San Juan Capistrano takes on a fiesta air and the visitors from all parts of the world and all walks of life gather in great numbers to witness the miracle of the return of the swallows. Each year, the scout swallows precede the main flock by a few days, and it would seem to be their chief duty to clear the way for the main flock to arrive at the old mission of Capistrano. With the arrival of early dawn on St. Joseph's Day, the little birds begin to arrive and begin rebuilding their mud nests, which are clinging to the ruins of the old stone church of San Juan Capistrano. The arches of the two-story hut... By the way, am I saying Capistrano like really, like super white? <laughs> I feel like I am. I feel like I am, and there's people out there listening that just want to choke slam me. Uh, so I apologize to you all. Um, but at any rate, um, the arches of the two-story high-vaulted uh, chapel were left here and exposed as the roof collapsed during the earthquake of 1812. This chapel, said to be the largest and most ornate in any of the missions, now has a more humble destiny, that of housing the birds that St. Francis loved so well. After the summer spent with the shuttered walls of the old mission in San Juan Capistrano, Capistrano, dude, uh, the swallows take flight again 
And on the day of San Juan, October 23rd, they leave after circling the mission, bidding farewell to the jewel of all missions, San Juan Capistrano, California. Whoa, that's pretty fucked up. Um, uh, never heard, you know, I never heard of that before. But then the, the lyrics to the whole first verse now are, you know, crystal clear. Capistrano swallow, answer to your inner voice and please return. God installed that radar, radar in your pointy little beak so that you'd return. Oh my goodness gracious. That's, that's pretty cool. Okay. And then the second verse is a completely separate thought. And it talks about epileptic surgeons with their eyes X'd out. They attend to the torn up kid, salivate and reckon with all the sick things that you did. So I got nothing. I got nothing there. I got something holistically. Holistically, I feel like these are like just sort of daydream type thoughts that somebody's having. And then, you know, the chorus is like almost like the smash cut to the to the love interest, the girl or the guy. In this case, that's how I see it. I make a little music video in my head and I see that smash cut to a, um, you know, to a, to, um, I don't know, for me, it would be like that, you know, that perfect woman, right? My wife, my wife. Um, so yeah, you know, like boom to that and that feeling that you have, and that's where the elevation and the elation comes in, you know, of that, of that chorus. Um, but you know, that's just, that's just dilly dally, right? That's all that is dilly fricking dally. Uh, so then we go to, uh, the secondary stumbles cause the cadence of the count has led them astray. Pray their intuition leads them crashing into bodies in a perfect way. This is just fucking, again, just great. Like you're describing, uh, you know, um, you're describing like a, a an offside, <laughs> you know? This is uh, something that's just offside. And it's been turned into a poem, you know? And then you get that and you get all of those done in a, again, like sort of this uh, melancholy, um, I don't know, uh, a little bit, a little bit freaky or frightening, you know, melody is, is coming, you know, menacing, something's coming. That's how I feel. Like it's like it's building. It's uh, climbing toward me. It's um, you know, yeah. So then we get another beautiful poem about architecture students. You know, an SM uh, a topic that he goes to every once in a while is uh, architecture, and. Um, just this idea, this this simile 
Is this a simile? Uh, about architecture students being like virgins with an itch they can't scratch because architecture students, um, you know, never build a building till you're 50. What kind of life is that? <laughs> that's just, oh, that's just wonderful. <laughs> that's just wonderful. But again, it's a, it's a completely separate thought to my, to my mind. Uh, ultimately, only one person knows. And uh, God willing, you know, if if the mandate of this podcast is is completed, then um, I hope he's never listened to an episode of me like trying to figure out lyrics because that's just so that's got to be so frustrating as somebody who writes lyrics. Um, like if if you're wrong, you're dead fucking wrong. You know if you're if you're right you are sort of looking at somebody's really personal work and you know that what does that all what's that all about right so yeah i think uh i think that's a, another great piece of writing there and then again another one this is just a moment in time a stalled out on an escalator wishing which way to return up or down and then it takes a dark turn and it's my Palestinian nephew got his face blown off in a duty craft or in a dusty craft. Sorry for flubbing that last line. My Palestinian nephew got his face blown off in a dusty craft. Like what? That's where your jaw hits the floor, you know? If you, if you remember at the beginning of this segment, I needed to pick mine up. Um, you know, I learned last week that Chumbawamba was a band for over 30 years and then broke with that song, Tub Thumping. Uh, and then um, we're only a band like after for like, 10 years or something like that. It's like there were this band that like worked up to, to that song seemingly. And then, you know, broke up sort of a bummer. What kind of life is that? Uh, I'm, I'm bordering on verbal diarrhea at this point. So I will leave you by saying that the hex is another, uh, vote in favor of Terror Twilight being a really good record, a better record than we remember. And a better record than, you know, we we treated it as when it came out. Um, we had an expectation and uh, this record wasn't what most people were expecting. And so it was, you know, maligned. In, in a way and uh and then coupled with the breakup of the band right after you know like i said we never got i ranted on on an episode once about you know we we never got the sixth record and what would the sixth record be right that that would be you know really fucking cool to just get a peek at what that sixth record would have been at that time man 
would it have been, you know, the SM, uh, like, would it have been the SM show, um, like Terror Twilight was, uh, you know, with, with all the writing he was doing, he was pretty prolific at that time because the uh, Stephen Malcolm's uh, solo record, like the first record, came out, you know, not that long after, um, you know. So, yeah. I'm going to leave you now, and I'm going to bid you adieu, and uh, I'm going to say that uh, we got one more of these. Stick around. Wash your hands. Meeting Malcolmus, a pavement podcast, is a weekly affair. Connect with JD at JD at meetingmalchemist.com. Please support the pod by rating, reviewing, or sponsoring us at meetingmalchemist.com. And hey, I'm social. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at meetingmalchemist.